Chapter thirty two of the Crown of Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Crown of Life by George Gissing. Chapter thirty two. Again it was springtime, the spring of eighteen ninety four. Two years had gone by since that April night when Piers Otway suffered things unspeakable in flesh and spirit thinking that for him the heavens had no more radiance, life no morrow. The memory was faint. He found it hard to imagine that the loss of a woman he did not love could so have afflicted him. Olga Hannaford, Mrs. Florio, was matter for a smile. He hoped that he might some day meet her again and take her hand with the old friendliness and wish her well. He had spent the winter in St. Petersburg, and was making arrangements for a visit to England, when one morning there came to him a letter which made his eyes sparkle and his heart beat high with joy. In the afternoon, having given more than wonted care to his dress, he set forth from the lodging he occupied at the lower end of the Nevsky Prospect, and walked to the Hôtel de France, near the Winter Palace, where he inquired for Mrs. Borisov. After a little delay, he was conducted to a private sitting-room, where again he waited. On a table lay two periodicals at which he glanced, recognising with a smile recent numbers of the nineteenth century and the Viesnik Evropi. There entered a lady with a bright English face, a lady in the years between youth and middle age, frank, gracious, her look of interest speaking a compliment which Otway found more than agreeable. "'I have kept you waiting,' she said, in a tone that dispensed with formalities, "'because I was on the point of going out when they brought your card.' "'Oh, I, I am sorry.' Oh, "'But I'm not. Instead of twaddle and boredom round somebody or other's samovar, "'I'm going to have honest talk under the chaperonage of an English teapot, "'my own teapot, which I carry everywhere. Oh, "'But don't be afraid. I shall not give you English tea.' "'What a shame that I've been here for two months without our meeting. "'I have talked about you, wanted to know you. "'Look!' "'She pointed to the periodicals which Piers had already noticed. "'No,' she went on, checking him as he was about to sit down. "'That is your chair. "'If you sat on the other, you would be polite and grave, "'and like everybody else. "'I know the influence of chairs.' That is the chair my husband selects when he wishes to make me understand some point of etiquette. Miss Derwent warned you, no doubt, of my shortcomings in etiquette. All she said to me, replied Piers, laughing, was that you are very much her friend. Well, that is true, I hope. Tell me, please, is the article in the Vyasnik your own Russian? Not entirely. I have a friend named Korolevich, who went through it for me. Korolevich? I seem to know that name. Is he by chance connected with some religious movement, some heresy? I was going to say I am sorry he is, yet I can't be sorry for what honours the man. He has joined the Dukhobotsi, has sold his large estate, and is devoting all the money to their cause. I'm afraid he'll go to some new world colony, and I shall see little of him henceforth. A great loss to me. 
Mrs. Borisov kept her eyes upon him as he spoke, seeming to reflect rather than to listen. "'I ought to tell you,' she said, "'that I don't know Russian. Irene, Miss Derwent, almost shamed me into working at it. But I'm so lazy, so lazy. You are aware, of course, that Miss Derwent has learnt it?' "'Has learnt Russian?' exclaimed Pierce. "'I didn't know. I had no idea. Wonderful girl. I suppose she thinks it a trifle.' "'It's so long,' said Otway, "'since I had any news of Miss Derwent. I can hardly consider myself one of her friends. At least I shouldn't have ventured to do so until this morning, when I was surprised and delighted to have a letter from her about that nineteenth-century article, sent through the publishers. She spoke of you and asked me to call, saying she had written an introduction of me by the same post.' Mrs. Borisov smiled oddly. Oh, yes, it came. She didn't speak of the Vyestnik? No. Yet she has read it, I happen to know. I'm sorry I can't. Tell me about it, will you? The Russian article was called New Womanhood in England. It began with a good-tempered notice of certain novels then popular, and passed on to speculations regarding the new ideals of life set before English women. Piers spoke of it as a mere bit of apprentice work, meant rather to amuse than as a serious essay. "'At all events it is a success,' said his listener. "'One hears of it in every drawing-room. "'Wonderful thing, you don't sneer at women. "'I'm told you are almost on our side, if not quite.' I've heard a passage read into French, The Woman of the Twentieth Century. I rather liked it. Not altogether, said Otway, with humorous diffidence. Oh, a woman never quite likes an ideal of womanhood which doesn't quite fit her notion of herself. But let us speak of the other thing in the nineteenth century. The pilgrimage to Kiev. For life colour, sympathy. I think it altogether wonderful. I have heard Russians say that they couldn't have believed a foreigner had written it. Well, that's the best praise of all. You mean to go on with this kind of thing? You might become a sort of interpreter of the two nations to each other. An original idea. The everyday thing is to exasperate Britain against Russ, and Russ against Britain, with every sort of cheap joke and stale falsehood. All the same, Mr. Otway, I'm bound to confess to you that I don't like Russia. No more do I, returned Piers in an undertone, but that only means I don't like the worst features of the Middle Ages. The Russian-speaking cosmopolitan whom you and I know isn't Russia. He belongs to the Western Europe of today. His country represents Western Europe of some centuries ago. Not strictly that, of course, we must allow for race, but it's how one has to think of Russia. Again Mrs. Borisov scrutinised him as he spoke, averting her eyes at length with an absent smile. "'Here comes my tutelary teapot,' she said, as a pretty maidservant entered with a tray. A phrase I got from Irene, by the by. From Miss Derwent, who laughs at me carrying the thing about in my luggage. 
she has clever little phrases of that sort as you know yes fell from piers dreamily but it's so long since i heard her talk when he had received his cup of tea and sipped from it he asked with a serious look will you tell me about her oh of course i will but you must first tell me about yourself you were in business in london i believe well, for about a year then i found myself with enough to live upon and came back to russia i had lived at odessa you may presuppose a knowledge of what came before interrupted mrs borisoff with a friendly nod i lived for several months with korolevitch on his estate near poltava we used to talk oh, heavens how we talked sometimes eight hours at a stretch i learnt a great deal then i wandered up and down russia still learning writing too the time hadn't come for writing korolevitch gave me no end of useful introductions i've had great luck on my travels and pray when did you make your studies of english women piers tried to laugh and declared he did not know i shouldn't wonder if you generalize from one or two said his hostess letting her eyelids droop as she observed him lazily do you know russian women as well by begging for another cup of tea and adding a remark on some other subjects piers evaded this question and what are you going to do asked mrs borisoff stay here and write more articles i'm going to england in a few days for the summer that's what i think i shall do but i don't know what part to go to advise me can you seaside no i don't like the seaside do you notice how people our kind of people i mean are losing their taste for it in england it's partly i suppose because of the excursion train one doesn't grudge the crowd its excursion train but it's so much nicer to imagine their blessedness than to see it or are you for the other point of view otway gave an expressive look that's right oh the sham philanthropic talk that goes on in england how it relieves one to say flatly that one does not love the multitude no seaside then lakes no wales no highlands no isn't there some part of england one would like if one discovered it do you want solitude asked piers becoming more interested solitude hmm. she handed a box of cigarettes and herself took one yes solitude i shall try to get miss derwent to come for a time new forest no oh please please do suggest i'm nervous your silence teases me do you know the yorkshire dales asked otway watching her as she watched a nice little ring of white smoke from the end of her cigarette no oh, that's an idea it's your own country isn't it but how do you know that dreamt it i wasn't born there but i lived there as a child and later a little you might do worse than the dales if you like that kind of country 
wensleydale for instance there's an old castle and a very interesting one part of it habitable when you can get quarters a castle superb where queen mary was imprisoned for a time till she made an escape magnificent can i have the whole castle to myself well, the furnished part of it unless someone else has got it already for the summer there's a family the caretakers always in possession if things are still as they used to be oh write for me at once will you write immediately there's paper on the desk piers obeyed whilst he sat penning the letter mrs borisoff lighted a second cigarette her face touched with a roguish smile she studied otway's profile for a moment and became grave fell into a mood of abstraction which shadowed her features with weariness and melancholy turning suddenly to put a question piers saw the change in her look and was so surprised that he forgot what he was going to say finished she asked moving nervously in her chair when the letter was written mrs borisoff resumed talk in the same tone as before you have heard of dr derwent's discoveries about diphtheria that's the kind of thing one envies don't you think after all what can we poor creatures do in this world but to try and ease each other's pain the man who succeeds in that is the man i honour i too said piers but he is lost sight of nowadays in comparison with the man who invents a new gun or a new bullet yes the beasts exclaimed mrs borisoff with a laugh what a world i'm always glad i have no children but you wanted to speak not about dr derwent but dr derwent's daughter piers bent forward resting his chin on his hand tell me about her will you well, there's not much to tell you knew about the broken-off marriage i knew it was broken off well that's all anyone knows except the two persons concerned it isn't our business the world talks far too much about such things don't you think when we are civilised there'll be no such things as public weddings and talk about anyone's domestic concerns will be the grossest impertinence that's an obiter dictum i was going to say that irene lives with her father down in kent they left bryanston square half a year after the affair they wander about the continent together now and then i like that chumming of father and daughter it speaks well for both um, when did you see her last oh, about christmas we went to a concert together that's one of the things irene is going in for music when i first knew her she didn't seem to care much about it although she played fairly well i never heard her play fell from piers in an undertone no she only did to please her father now and then it's her mental and moral advance her new love of music i notice that she talks much less about science much more about the things one really likes i speak for myself well it's just possible i have had a little influence there i confess my inability to chat about either physic or physics it's weak of course but i have no place in your new world of women oh you mistake i think said piers 
that ideal has nothing to do with any particular study it supposes intelligence that's all oh, so much the better you must write about it in english and then we'll debate by the by if i go to your castle you must come down to show me the country i should like to oh that's part of the plan if we don't get the castle you must find some other place for me i leave it in your hands with an apology for my impudence after a pause during which each of them mused smiling they began to talk of their departure for england otway would go direct in a few days time mrs borisoff had to travel a long way round first of all accompanying her husband to the crimea on a visit to relatives she mentioned her london hotel and an approximate date when she might be heard of there get the castle if you possibly can were her words as they parted i have set my heart on the castle so have i said piers avoiding her look and mrs borisoff laughed End of chapter 32